This is the Ripple Effect with your girl KDOT, where we're discussing NBA and NFL and everything in between. ...to this playoffs in the bubble. Some players seem to be exceeding expectations. Others seem to be falling short. Now, I know it's going to take a while for some of these guys to still get into conditioning and getting into that mold and that mentality of being in the bubble, being without their family. It's been interesting these last two days. But I'm going to get right in it. I know what you guys want to talk about. The Lakers and the Blazers, right? That's, the, to me, the best game that's going on right now. Best series in the playoffs, bar none. Mainly because we have all these expectations, right, for these guys. Meaning the Lakers. They've been favorites. We've been watching them since they were trying to pursue Anthony Davis and everything that they had to go through to get him. They acquired him. And no doubt, they're they're the best in the West, right? Number one, so they get to play the eighth seed. Here's the problem. The eighth seed is not a typical eighth seed. The Blazers are on another level. The reason why they ended up in the eighth seed is because of their injuries. They have Nurkic back. They're still dealing with some injuries actually right about now because they don't even have Collison. And they still managed to take the Lakers. Now, it was a close game throughout for the majority. Except for in the beginning when the Blazers came out, popped them in the mouth. Lakers said, all right, we here too. Then it was just back and forth, multiple lead changes. But just the effort or even the matchups, I'm calling out Frank Vogel on this one. Some people were saying that a little early. They wasn't really sure about him. I'm seeing it now. Now in the playoffs when it matters, I see it. I need to see how he responds in game two. But for me, with those matchups, the way you had guy, the way you utilize guys, like Caruso, I get it. Fiery player, plays with a lot of passion, a lot of heart. You just can't teach that sort of thing. He reminds me of like a Della Vendova type of guy. You know, not super, super talented, but gets the job done, right? But you can't keep that man out there against Damian Lillard. Not only is it is disrespectful to a guy like Dame, because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so I guess you just want me to give you another 30-point game. I thought the whole point of the Lakers acquiring Waiters and J.R. Smith, you know, so late was because of this playoff push, because they know they want to make it to the chip. And they know LeBron just plays better when he has when he is surrounded by shooters. And Anthony Davis is chilling out on the perimeter by the arc, by the three-point line. That's not going to get it done for you. If you're the Blazers, that's exactly the way you won. The Blazers didn't even have a great game. That's the crazy part. Like, they didn't have, like, this fantastic game. Like, if you're just looking at the box score and didn't watch the game, you're probably just like, oh, okay. It was a close game. Lakers, you know, they just they lost one. Can't expect them to win at all. It's not about that. 
nobody expects to win every single game you play. I mean, sure, yeah, let me change that. Yeah, you expect to win every game that you play, but do you actually think that you're going to win every single game that you play? No. But it's how you respond. Okay, you lose a game. But the way in which the Lakers lost this game, especially in particular in the last two minutes, nobody was trying to foul. Nobody was trying to extend the game, putting pressure on the Blazers to make free throws. Because outside of Lillard, they were missing free throws. And even so, put the pressure on them. Make them make those free throws during pressure crunch time. They just they just didn't get the job done to me. They they didn't do it. And it wasn't just the fact that they took a loss, it was how they took that loss. And just their ability to match up with the Blazers. Because the Blazers terrible on defense, I'll tell you right now. I have them to win this series, yes. Just because of the heart and the fire that they play with. And just because of how the Lakers look. Everybody's looking at them on paper. And they're and they're they're pretty much making their predictions based off what they should be doing versus how they look. Now and Blazers also terrible in the glass. I've watched them just be one and done, while other teams that they would play, including the Lakers, would have second and third chance opportunities, which definitely helps you out obviously in the long run. And even without those second and third opportunities, they still manage to scrap together and win win a game. You know, they have guys that that come to play, like down to the fourth quarter. CJ McCullen. We already know what Dame Time is. Dame Time. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say anymore about that. It's real. It's out there. It's to the point where people are questioning how better of a shooter that Dame is compared to Steph. Now, I'm not going to go that far because I feel like we're just being prisoner of the moment and we haven't seen Steph in a while. And that's what we want. We're just a type, like, what have you done for me lately type fans. You know, we're just very caught up in, well, we see Dame now. This is what he's doing right now, especially when his team needs him the most. I get it, but let's pump the brakes. Dame time's real, though. Even Nurkic, man, getting into foul trouble. I mean, the team as a whole. They have to move their feet, have more active hands when it comes to trying to get steals, but also being mindful of where you're at. If you're at three or four fouls already, and you're already at the second, you know, it's barely like the second quarter going into the third, it's like chill. Your team is going to need you down the stretch. We don't need anybody fouling out in crucial moments in the game. And I must admit, when I said earlier, I believe it was in my last show, about how the bubble seems to be a little bit better because guys are just really just concentrating on basketball and even the refs, I was saying. Now, I'm going to take that back when it comes to the refs because I see when there's high-profile games, they seem to be coming up a, a bit short. Now... I'm a Knicks fan, right? <laughs> Y'all already know that. I obviously do not have a horse in the race. 
So the way I'm able to look at these games is a lot different than someone, let's say, that is a fan of one of these guys or one of these teams, rather. Me, I love the game of basketball, so I'm going to watch it regardless of who's playing, who's out there. But the way the refs were calling fouls on Dwight Howard, like that was, it was just inconsistent to me because if you're going to call it on Howard, you got to do it the same way. Now, yeah, Nurkic was getting into foul trouble, but when you look at the fouls that were being called on Howard, they were a little ridiculous. And I believe that there was one play early in the fourth where it just made no sense. Like, he didn't even touch him, and they called the foul on Dwight Howard. So the officiating needs to get a little bit better. We don't need officials deciding games. That's what the players are there for. That's what they train all offseason for. That's what they work their life for to get to this moment. We don't need the officials deciding games for us. I hope the way teams will look over film and make their adjustments, I pray that the refs are doing the same exact thing. Otherwise, they need to make some changes. Maybe that's something that they need to look at going forward. Because we can't have refs deciding games. If the calls just don't make sense, somebody has to be able to call them out on it. I know that they now just implemented where you actually have to get to challenge calls, but it's not it's not many. Cause <laughs> and you have to be very careful how you choose them or what moment you decide to choose to use them. You know, because at one moment you may think it's crucial and you use it, and then God forbid if you're wrong, you know, or if it's just that the angle wasn't right, so they, it wasn't enough to overturn it. We also want to be very careful with that. But going back to just the matchups, you you if you're Frank Vogel, you got to put waiters out there more. You have to put J.R. Smith out there more. You want to go on a nice little run. And by the way, those guys can play defense. They're not known for it per se, but they can play defense. And Waiters, yeah, he can get a little carried away, but you know what? This is the playoffs. You're trying to win. You, you need guys like that out there. You you added Morris as well. He's getting a lot of playing time. He's been doing well for you, especially on the defensive end if you're the Lakers. But Frank Vogel needs to switch up the matchups a lot more and needs to make those decisions a lot quicker. Because I promise you, if he does not make these adjustments now, and then the Blazers are only going to get stronger, they're going to watch film, they're going to see how they can get better. Because you already know Dame is starting to get trapped. He's, they're starting to pick him up full court. They're not playing around with him no more. But even then, but then when they put Caruso on him, you already know what's going to happen. So watch when Dame gets double teamed and see what they do next. That's going to be up to the Blazers to try to figure out as well. Because defensively they were not good. And their rebounding needs to be a hell of a lot better if they expect to get past the Lakers. Because you already know how the Lakers are going to respond. But I'm what I am glad is that before the game that LeBron said... In case somebody on the Lakers needed to hear this or even Laker fans needed to hear this, the the Blazers are not your typical eighth seed. He acknowledged the injuries. 
which is why they ended up being the eighth seed and had to fight so hard actually to be that eighth seed because they almost didn't even make the playoffs. And with a really talented guy like Dame at the helm, the way he acknowledged that in the beginning of the game, it's like it just put everybody on notice. Like, listen, we're not just going to go out there and play however we want to play and expect to beat this team. This is not a regular HC team. We can get upset if we do not play. It's not just about what's on paper. It's not just about what these expectations are. We have to actually go out there and execute. And to me, I'm not seeing them execute. There's a lot that still needs to be done. For me, game two is going to dictate the way the rest of this series goes. LeBron is no stranger to being down 3-1. I definitely know this. Golden State knows this. That was back in Cleveland. Different coach, different circumstances, different times. It's a different type of pressure. And to me, it's on Frank Vogel. Kuzma stepped up. I said Kuzma needed to be huge. He needed to be a big part of what the Lakers are doing. If not the third or fourth best player on the team. Because I was expecting Caldwell Pope to show up too. He's another guy that needs to get back in it. I know some people think that the Lakers are just going to pick themselves up and rattle off enough couple of wins and then that'll be it. But the Lakers, um, they haven't shown that they're capable of doing that since they entered the bubble. That's my only concern. They have not shown that just yet. That's the only problem with taking your foot off the gas. Because other teams want it. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to will and, and who wants it more. And last night, you could tell the Blazers just wanted it more. Game two, you have to make those necessary adjustments. Frank Vogel has to decide that putting shooters around LeBron is the best way to go. LeBron can get his shot whenever he, he needs to, but he understands he needs to get his team going. Because that's something that kind of helped, that hurt the Bucks. The Magic had a simple game plan. Let Giannis do whatever he wants, just stop everybody else. Because Giannis alone is not going to beat an entire team, even the Magic, without Aaron Gordon. That's just the reality. And once they figured that out, that's exactly what they did. And Vucic went off. You know, even Martel Folks had a decent game. You know, that's that's what happens when you take your foot off the gas and you let guys like the Magic become empowered. You know, they catch you slipping, they're going to capitalize on that opportunity. Especially when they know that the Bucks are supposed to sweep them. I, I had them... <laughs> I can admit that. I th- I thought the Bucks were just going to come in there and run it, run away with it. And I don't even think the Bucks are real contenders like that. I'm not putting them up there on the same level as the Lakers and everybody else. But I did expect them to beat the Magic. I didn't think that this was going to be a problem for them, especially without Aaron Gordon. 
But that's what you have to be very careful with. Because as you saw last night, LeBron, he had a, I mean, that's just the thing. I know we get spoiled with watching LeBron put up these crazy numbers. You know, he's in his 17th year. I mean, props to that. I mean, the way he's been able to stay healthy and effective throughout his tender in the NBA. Yeah, he had a triple-double, but to me, to beat the Blazers, he's got to be putting in 25-plus. I mean, some people want to go as high as 30, but I think if he does 25-plus, he at least gets over 10 assists because you know everybody's getting involved and everybody's getting touches and getting their numbers up. And if they lock down defensively, they're a tough team to beat. I mean, they have three seven-footers. And McGee, Howard, and Anthony Davis, of course. And you already know what Anthony Davis is capable of doing. His numbers are ridiculous, no matter when he plays. But even then, Anthony Davis could be so much better if he stays in the paint more. I feel like they have him on the outside more because they're trying to spread the floor. But you have to go with, guys, you know, you have to, you have to go with what makes them great. What makes Anthony so great is not necessarily his ability to shoot. He can shoot. But I would much rather have guys like J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters out there to spread the floor. Not all the time, obviously. And then Rondo's going to come back. Hopefully, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Because at the end of the day, you're putting another guy out there who can't shoot with LeBron. That's another ball-dominant guy. Rondo's not a play-off-the-ball type of guy. Lakers are at their best when LeBron's pretty much running the show. And everybody's where they're supposed to be. But I, I'm excited. I love watching the game last night. I didn't like the last two minutes of how the Lakers responded. I felt like they could have came out a lot stronger. I, I felt like they could have made this an overtime game you know, make it a little more interesting and come back for the win. But like I said, we'll just have to see what happens in game two. Um, I just expected a little bit more. And it's really effort-wise. Effort gets you far. But that's just me. Everybody has their own opinions. Even the Pacers Heat Series, I really enjoyed that. Some people may think maybe it's not as high profile because there's no real, no real stars. I mean, yeah, you have your all stars and Olin Depot, you know, before he was injured, Jimmy Butler. But I guess you know those loud stars, those stars that really grab your attention, you know, that people like to see. You know, Jimmy Collar's such a, you know, he's such a hardworking blue collar type of dude. You know, I guess he's not a flashy dude. What he does is not sexy, you know, like he just gets the job done however he needs to get it done. You know, whether it's in T.J. Warren's face all the time, you know, just putting guys on notice, letting him know that, listen, I came here to win. I didn't come here to make friends. Like I, I like that attitude. You know, he's definitely in the wrong era. I felt like he would have been so much better in the 90s with that, with that mentality. He would have been, probably would have been on the Knicks or something like that. Or maybe if you want to go further back in the day of Pistons. But anyway, Jimmy Butler had a nice series. 
wasn't expecting anything less from him. But at the end of the day, I had the I definitely still have the Heat winning this. The Pacers just seem a little too. It, it just seems a little too much for them right now. They're still there's still a few pieces away. They're still a work in progress. Nate McMullen deserves a lot of credit for always trying to keep the Pacers relevant with his defensive minded coaching. You have to respect that. But when you have guys like on the other side, Tyler Hero and Bam, you know, these are hardworking young guys that just get it done. And Jimmy Butler just feeds off of their energy and what they're able to do. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, Pat Riley's a genius. Like he knows how to get these guys together based off of chemistry, work ethic. And then you have a coach like Spo. Don't really need to say much more about that. Luka Doncic and them should be playing again tonight. That series was really good. Kicking out KP on on these technicals. The first technical was ridiculous. Should have never happened. If guys are able to... It's okay to get mad. Getting mad should not just give you a technical alone. Just because you had something to say that maybe the ref may not have agreed with for whatever reason. Guys are allowed to get mad. They are allowed to have some type of feeling of whatever happened in that moment. And a lot of it's justified. But kicking KP out of the game at that very crucial moment was almost like unforgivable because this is why, I mean, I love watching the NBA. I love what it's about. I love how these guys seem to stand for something. But when people question the integrity of the NBA when it comes to their officials and their officiating and they say things like, oh, it's rigged. You know, I I hate it when people say that. But when you make plays or calls like that, are they wrong? You know, in the heat of the moment, when you see something like that and you know it looks like the Clippers are about to lose even though the clippers are the favorites you know it makes it makes you it makes you wonder you know there's a lot of betting there's a lot of money that you know a lot of people don't see but behind the scenes that's a that's a lot of money going around and you have a team that's clearly the favorite but Luka Doncic and KP are the real deal KP just needs to stay more consistent and stay healthy Luka Doncic is a walking triple-double. I mean, his numbers are crazy. At the end of the day, like I said before, the refs should not be deciding these games. Do not take KP out in the middle of a crucial, crucial game that they are on the verge of winning. Because I would definitely bet money on KP stays in that game Dallas is up on the Clippers one zip. That was just tough, man. You you can't you can't make those calls. You really you just can't. But anyway, they play again tonight. That's gonna be another that's probably my second favorite series right now. Especially 
to see how the officials are going to be towards KP, towards, you know, I mean, when guys get into it, especially with Luka, you know, Luka being pretty much their best player right now, and then your your big man comes in to, you know, to kind of like settle things, you know, with Morris. I like that. That's what you want from your big man. You know, you want to see him respond. He didn't do anything too crazy. Nothing that really warranted anything, especially when it was all diffused. When Luca and Morris eventually talked it out, you saw the way it ended, and then that was that. The refs need to learn to let the guys handle it. And if they can't, then that's when you step in. But at the end of the day, these are grown men that you're talking about. If they're able to handle a situation among themselves, we should be encouraging more of that than to try to just come in and discipline them. Because to think that disagreements or a little pushing is not going to happen, it, it, that's, just, that's just silly, man. It's going to happen. But the fact that everybody was mature enough and understood and was able to talk with their words at the end of the day and it resolved everything, come on, man. I understand you don't want the games to get out of hand, but who's there to ref the refs? You know what I mean? Like, what what happens when you guys get out of hand? You know what I mean? Anyway, that's going to be a good series. Long as the refs just... Stay out of the game when it comes to who's deciding the game. That, that's that's sort of my main concern. Also, we have the Jazz and Nuggets coming up. Man, Donovan Mitchell, oh, one of my favorite guys in the league. Mental error late in the game. Not crossing the half court line in time. Six-second rule. That was devastating. It was devastating in the sense of... This man put up 57 points. That makes him third all-time scoring in the playoffs. You know, he's in Jordan air at that point. Along with those 57 points, he put up nine rebounds and seven assists. Oh, and by the way, one steal. Monster game. Monster game. And as you know, they were playing without Connolly because Connolly wanted to be there for the birth of his child. Rightfully so. So Donovan Mitchell already knew that he had to carry the weight of his team to will them. And they were so close. I mean, that was such a great game. And don't forget about Jamal Murray. Oh, man. These guys are straight-out ballers. Jamal Murray had 36 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists. And 1 steal. 9 assists, that's huge. He was getting his guys involved, along with turning it on whenever he wanted to. And you already know what Nurkic is about. 29, 10, and 3, and 2. Oh, in one block. There's nothing that man can't do. With his slow, methodical way about him, 
but he gets it done. He doesn't need to be athletic. He doesn't need to ooh and ah you with all these different moves. And he just takes his time. One of the smartest men out there on that court. He knows where everybody's going to be. He knows where he's comfortable. He never lets anybody rush his shot. He makes the defense play to him. He doesn't play to the defense. Just a great matchup, great game all around. It's just that mental error, especially when they pushed it and they went into overtime. It's like the Jazz just ran out of gas. That's just what it looked like. These guys were gassed. They were winded. They just didn't have enough. Not to mention, that's on Snyder as well. That's on Quinn Snyder. If you if you were watching the game, like I was definitely privileged enough to watch that game because, you know, we all have life and day-to-day things we have to do. But I was able to watch at least that sequence. And when you watch Jamal Murray just go off, please either sit angles down Or get him off Murray. If you see it's not working out, you got to switch it up. You can't just let Murray just come down, just keep just hitting jumpers in his face left and right. Like, it it just gets awkward to watch after a while. It's just like, uh, you already know what he's going to do. And it's like, there's nothing Ingles can do about it. It's like, man, Ingles is just at his mercy. And you just felt bad for him. It looked like he was just getting tortured out there. It's just like, man, make the switch. Please, God, make the switch. That's going to be a great game. That's coming on at 4 o'clock on TNT. I really hope that they, (laughs) that especially Snyder, he's looking at that and he's just like, man, I messed up. You got to take ownership of that. To me, yet, I mean, if it wasn't for Devin Mitchell, Jazz wouldn't have had a chance, but you also got to put it on him for that mental error. You know, I know somebody else brought it up that Denver also had a a backcourt violation, but it wasn't called. So I I get that, man. But you know what? I'm not really into what the other side is doing, that type of thing. You have to be mentally sharp. The reality is it was called on Mitchell. If you keep yourself honest and – you're mentally in in a zone. You're you're in the game. Then these things just can't happen. Your focus level still has to be there. But I understand he put up record record numbers. I mean, there's no denying he put up record numbers. But that was on Quinn for not switching off Ingles on Murray because that that was game right there. Adjustments. That's the beauty of the playoffs. It's all about the adjustments. What adjustments can you make? Or do you have to make too many adjustments, you know? I feel like some some coaches get into making too many adjustments. Maybe if you won the game and there was just a few things you got to tweak here and there, but you don't necessarily want to change the philosophy or whatever won you the game the last time too much. You know, because you don't want to catch yourself playing the other team's game. Play your game. That's what won you the game. 
That's that's what got you to the playoffs. It's that con- con- um, constant balancing act. Now, this Boston and 76ers series is also pretty interesting. I had no idea it was going to be as close as it was. I have Boston winning this. And these two, Tatum and Brown, especially Brown. Brown is definitely, he should have been in the conversation for most improved as well. Uh, He probably wouldn't be winning it, but he still should be in the conversation because the numbers that he's putting up and how more reliable his jump shot has been. Because his defense was always bar none. If his athleticism as, as well. But man, well, we already know Tatum. Tatum, Tatum just needs to not get in Tatum's way. Phenomenal player. Tatum had 32 and 13. Brown had 29 points. 29. When you have a monster game. But my only thing is, I didn't know it was going to take that to necessarily take down the Sixers. Yes, you still have Tobias Harris. It's just still... Still still a star, still an elite player. Or at least one of the great players that's on the 76ers. But Embiid, man, Embiid's got to do better. He's got to do more. Because I said if he was dominant, he would definitely make this more of a series. And they they kept it close. They kept it close. So that's going to be a series that we also need to watch out for. You know, you can't just... Sweeping under the rug like I did in the beginning, just thinking if, but I did throw out there if, if Embiid was that dominant force that we all he, know he can be, then it's going to be a problem. Then this is not going to be the series that we think. But Embiid did have 26 points and 16 rebounds. That 16 rebounds is key. He's got to keep that same energy going in today's game. But I got to see his numbers up. I want to see him 30 plus averaging. He had two steals and one block, also crucial. Keep that same energy and be, be dominant. Do what you do best. Man, these playoffs are interesting, right? <laughs> but don't worry, we'll be here, at least I'll be here, breaking down series all playoff long. I'll be here. If not every other day, maybe every day. But guys, I have a very important message. I hope you guys go out there and register to vote and to also vote. We live in interesting times. And your vote matters. What you say matters. What happens to your family and your community matters. Take the time. Register to vote. Make sure you vote. Vote early if you can. If it's crowded, where your voting polls are, Walmart has like fold-up chairs for like 10, 15 bucks. Get you one of them. They also have a candy aisle. Get you some candy. Get you some chips. You sit there and you wait. And you make sure you vote. If that's the only thing you do that day, besides work or maybe take care of your kids or whatever situation you have going on, you make sure you vote. 
Otherwise, all the talking and tweeting was for nothing. <laughs> it's been your girl K-Dot. Later.